0: Two, three, four. There's nothing more thrilling than nailing an insurance company. And the truth I'll set you free. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Great moments are born from great opportunity.
1: Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the On Justice Podcast. I'm Jordan ReDavid. Sitting to my left is John Fisher, my law partner fortunate enough to do another episode in studio together because i'm normally in georgia he's normally down here in florida but we are united this weekend because we are preparing for a retrial that's right you heard me correctly a retrial part two basically of a car accident case that happened what november
0: november 22nd 2015
1: many moons ago um it's a good client and i think i want to use this as an opportunity to talk less about the facts of that case and all that and more about what it means broadly to show a commitment to civil justice. It is easy to take for granted, I think, as a non lawyer that a lawyer signs up a client, they do the best they can, they try and settle, they can't settle, maybe they go to trial. And then there's some outcome win or lose. But I think people lose focus on the fact that there are a lot of lawyers, ourselves included, who don't quit after the first trial. If they don't get the outcome that they wanted, they pursue an appeal. That's what the appellate courts are there for. It's time-consuming. It's expensive. When I said time-consuming, what did it take? Maybe a year and a half? What, to get back into trial? To, to get the win on appeal, to get the right, yeah. the legal right to go back? Yeah, it took it, a while. It's not like you lose a trial. Or, and this one, by the way, we didn't lose. We actually got a plaintiff verdict, but we were unsatisfied with it. It was too low from a monetary award standpoint. So it's not like you can just go to the trial court and say, Hey judge, can I get a do over? Come on. I don't think, you know, it just doesn't work like that in the real world. And so it, it required an immense amount of additional work and patience to get a new trial. Then we got a new trial and the whole world went in a global pandemic and it got pushed on the back burner. And so here we are, it's March, 2023. And we're about to go talk to jurors about a November, 2015 car crash. And, um, yeah. First trial was
0: in August of 2019. And, and I will say this, like hats off to the to the judge um, in our particular case, because knowing that we're on a retrial, we asked to be special set. And he was like, no problem. Us and the defense came in and said, look, can we just get a date certain? We know we're going to try the case. There is no settlement possibility. And he was uh, very accommodating with that. So we got to, to get in. And for those of you who litigate in Florida, you understand, like, n- not being number one and being, like, number two and number three and next week I'm seven and back up and then second back up and then that one settles. It feels it's like, like we're
1: living our whole life on standby on trial dockets.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it can be – that can be frustrating. So the, having an opportunity to get a special set trial – and I find that happens more in larger jurisdictions than in smaller jurisdictions right. because, you know, in smaller jurisdictions they tell us, hey, well, every case we set a special set.
1: But it just puts imp- – in. Yeah, I agree with that. But this, like, sitting here this weekend preparing for this trial, partly feelings like de- feels like deja vu, but there are certain things that are just so different, and you have this deep appreciation of time. So this particular first, uh, this particular case, the first time we tried it, this wasn't our first trial together, but it was the first time, I believe, we brought Keela to mm-hmm. try a civil yep. case. At the time, she was a fresh uh, associate. She had come from the public defender's office where she had tons of trial experience doing criminal cases, but it's a whole different animal doing civil cases and so we brought her on this case and now uh keel will be retrying this again with us um or with me and ray but she's a she's three years in i feel like i feel like it's been a lifetime it's hard to even remember keela as a new civil lawyer she's just so experienced and sharp and so and, i'm you yeah, know it's it,
0: it's exciting and you know the, what's interesting about you think about all the trials and the war stories and like this trial the hurricane was coming Right. Jordan had to leave mid trial and says, Look, I got to get back to Georgia, you know, where where he is now, and I got to take care of my family, and kind of left, you know, before closing arguments, so he didn't have to be there for that. But then this time around, um, you know, this is a case that I've worked on for, I mean, seven years. Yep. You know? And you know what's interesting? You, you hear about this, like, how are these cases, you know, still happening and spent so long and the crash so long? It's, sometimes it's this, you know, we've had a trial, had an appeal. And now we're back for a second trial.
1: But I'm It not- should never take this long. That's the thing. Like we take for granted and and people are sometimes just ignorant to the process Like we oh, all the wheels of justice turn slow. No, they're fucking moving at a snail's pace. And it's not often the result of a judge who's not trying to do the work or both sides aren't trying to do the work. There's just either too many lawsuits or not enough resources, right? Not enough courtrooms, not enough judges generally to get these cases pushed through. And so you're always sitting Sitting on standby, and it feels like you rarely get reached.
0: Well, it's too many insurance companies not paying. That's really what's the problem. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's the plaintiff trial lawyers that's causing the problem. Well, you know what? Listen, you know what I don't have to file a lawsuit when an insurance company does the right thing? That's, you know, that's like everyone keeps talking about, like, we're the ones pushing the problem. They're undercutting, you know, Florida law. And they think, like, well, it's, you know, it's the plaintiff's lawyers when really, if the insurance companies do the right thing, I don't really have much of a job except to settle cases pre-suit. So. You know, but it's good to be back in a trial. I'm excited to, you know, to win. Um,
1: I'm grateful to have a client who's been so patient. You know, this is like I hope. I hope the jury, they're not the jury in this this time around in the second trial. They're not going to know that there was a previous trial. Um, the law doesn't permit them to know that because it would just invite them to speculate too much about what happened. But I do wonder what will go through their minds, and we're going to try and flesh us out in Vaudeer to know this was a case eight years ago, the crash happened. Why on earth is it taking this long to get a resolution? And, you know, so I think that's gonna be in the jurors mind. But I hope what they see in that is that when they read the jury instruction that talks about inconvenience, and the inability to enjoy life, rarely do you have a situation I mean, how inconvenient is it that through no fault of our clients, he was smashed into it's a rear end car accident, then pushed into a tree. He's got very serious orthopedic injuries that have affected the, the trajectory of his life. The patriarch of his family and he has had to wait what some eight years mm-hmm. to now try and get justice hopefully fingers crossed and it's not an unfair trial we need to do part three so i hope the jury picks up on that and um i do think it's it's fair for them to consider that what he's been through how committed he is to the process and i think that that tends to show how legitimate his claims are
0: yeah you know because
1: yeah you this know. is what our, our firm's second retrial right Yes, As you guys did the other So way. yeah, we
0: just did, you know, a case in Dina St. Bill Lopez where we tried a case, we got a defense verdict, retried it. Uh in a car crash, we got no permanency but got the medical bills, um, which it's unfortunate, but after pay, you know, what went from a zero to about what'll likely be about hundred and eighty thousand dollar recovery with costs. So, you know, it's something. In this case was is gonna be no different. Hopefully, is that you know, we have the the result that we had before and now we get a better one. And
1: right.
0: you know, sometimes it happens. Like I mean look and i feel like we take appeals on a lot of cases
1: yeah we don't quit that's that's what i'm trying to say i mean i look around we know other lawyers we we have colleagues we have friends and even you know we can observe from arm's length how other people handle i feel like a lot of people are looking for low-hanging fruit uh easy paths to victory and like that's great when it presents itself Mm -hmm. but more often than not legitimate plaintiffs people from our community are entitled to and deserve justice, and it's denied to them or delayed for some substantial period of time. And I think it's important as a lawyer to remember, like, just hang on. Fight for this person to the end. Because if the roles are reversed, that's what you would want or expect of your lawyer. You don't want to be quit on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, you know, we have a... Gosh, I mean, sometimes it's, it's easier to give up. And I think that's the idea with delay is that plaintiffs will just give up and say... I don't want to do this anymore. It's or frustrating.
1: We've heard clients talk about that. By the way, clients who haven't been as patient as Angel has for his second trial. I mean, people have pulled the ripcord, so to speak for a lot less. So I'm proud of him. I'm grateful for him. It's the type of person that deserves the commitment that we've given. There's like a mutuality of commitment to this, this getting justice in this case. And it, it makes me feel really good. So we'll, we'll on the next episode, whenever it is, we'll talk about the outcome of that case. Hopefully it's favorable for our client. I'm optimistic that it will be. Um switching gears a little bit as I come down here, we've we've welcomed some new new members to the firm. We have. Uh, that's been really exciting. We have a director of operations, a brand new position that has been needed for quite some time, and we were very careful with that process to find someone who we felt like could adequately fill the, you know fill the position and deliver Ashley Woods. And so she just started this week. I'm super excited to have her. She's already. <laughs> taken a lot off our plate and uh i can already tell the future there'll be even more so that'll free us up to be what we want to be which is like the best lawyers that we can be and the best law firm owners that we can right you know there's only so many hours in the day and for years you and i have worn so many different hats (laughs) it's kind of unbelievable actually when i stop and think about it so it's nice to have somebody else in a purely administrative role uh, with their eyes on the business, the processes, the people. And I think for the rest of the employees in the whole firm across three offices, it's nice to have middle management, so so to speak, somebody else to go to because you know they're not blind. They see how busy we are, and I'm sure that's a deterrent for them to come forward at sometimes when they need things, and I don't want that. So
0: Yeah, I mean, policies and systems help out. And if I can have someone supplement what I do, which is nothing when it comes to policy creation. I mean, I have an idea as a here's what we do for litigation. That's what I'm good at. Like, these are the steps that you take. But when it comes to, you know, I've been, I have been I was directing, you know, benefits, things like that. And, you know, to, to take that off my plate is, is amazing. Free me up. You know, we're talking about different hats, um, you know, and obviously until I go to Turkey, I'll be wearing lots of hats. <laughs> um, you know, for those of you, oh, that's the inside joke. I'm going to get my hair plugs, but you know, it's, um it's interesting to, you know, cause there's so many things about running a business and, being the trial lawyer and doing all of those things that if you can take the time to invest in people, you know, it's like, so I, I was reading I, when I go on runs, I, I listen to audible. Um, the, there's a book, um, God, what is his name? He's one of the, he's the Navy SEAL guy. Oh extreme my God. Ownership. Yes. It's extreme ownership. But what's his name? What's the name of the author? I literally can't. Justin.
1: Jocko, it's, it's
0: Jocko Willis. There you go. Um, so, it, Jocko Willis, extreme ownership, and, and what he kind of talks about is that, you know, kind of like running it in, in systems of like, like segmented uh, regimen in terms of from top to bottom. Like the top guys can't necessarily be running the things like, you know, how they have.
1: There's change the, of command. Squad
0: leaders, platoon leaders, change and like as it goes and down and through the business. Yeah. And so when you're able to invest in your directors or the next people and you put your ownership into them and then they have their ownership in their team and you know, as it goes down the line, you know, you can implement that and basically have the understanding of, like, what is the goal that we want? What is the the thing that we're, we're working towards? And obviously, that's to protecting the interests of our clients. And so, you know, if we can do that collectively, um, I think that we can enable people to do better things.
1: Yeah. Right? And I think Ashley's going to fill that role for us so that she can help take our ideas and execute on them and then inherently give the benefit to the other people that work on the firm but she's not the only one so we also welcome crystal crystal guy she joins us she's actually a native floridian but she joins us now in the atlanta office she's been a paralegal for 15 years um she started her career as it as fate would have it actually working for other plaintiff firms down here in south florida mm-hmm. but has since been in georgia where her reputation precedes her and we're really fortunate to have her come on me specifically um our Georgia practice is growing, we've got a really healthy caseload of a lot of really high quality clients and cases. And um, it's nice to have another, you know, set of boots on the ground, so to speak, to really get those cases off and running. And then something really cool, which is, um, innovative is, is probably the wrong term, because I know other people have done it. But John and I finally decided, you know, we've been listening to so Louis Colandrino, he's an attorney in Florida, and he runs our pre litigation department. And Just like anybody else who works with us, we want to get feedback from them. And so at at a couple monthly meetings in a row with Lewis, he was expressing a pain point, like a bottleneck in how his department operates, which was intake. Fortunately, it's a good problem to have. There was just a lot of high volume of intakes of prospective clients that needed to be contacted, screened, signed up, turned down, referred out, you name it. But that's a whole process. And it lends itself to systems and everything else. But it also requires manpower, right? And we decided to based on some recommendations from other lawyers and law firms we decided to start using virtual assistants Um, they are located in other countries they are bilingual they're super hardworking and personable and professional so we started by hiring two and you know lewis and nadelis have onboarded them and from all all accounts that they've reported back to me it's been a smashing success and it's freed them up you know getting back to chain of command, it's now freed Lewis and Adela's up to do that high value work, mm-hmm. right to really d- develop meaningful relationships with our existing clients, find ways, whether it's through investigation, record collection, collation of data, whatever, to package a client's case, while it's in their department, uh, in the best position to present itself for a high value settlement. And that's, that's exciting. And I just feel like you know, we're new in this, we're just dipping our toes in the water, but this seems very promising. And, you know, if you're another lawyer out there, or any business, actually, and you've used virtual assistants, by all means, drop some comments below or reach out, I, I kind of want to see, there's a lot of third party companies like agencies that, that, uh, that provide, you know, candidates for this kind of thing. And I'm, I'm willing to get some feedback. But the, this seems like a very meaningful opportunity for our law firm to help experience growth in a way that I had not really thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, so that's been pretty cool.
0: We're gonna cut this right here
1: because. All right, it's about a fifteen-minute episode, okay. so just uh, just intro it out, um, and just say thanks. Short episode, yada yada yada. We'll be back in a couple
0: weeks. Is that what we're doing? We're ending it right, right now. Uh, are no, we I th- got. Yeah,
1: uh, let's do a short episode. Yeah, this is. So we're going to – this is a short episode. we got a lot of work to do for this trial, but we wanted to make sure we got some content out. But this is the last time you're going to look at John Fisher as a father of two. Him and his <laughs> wife are expecting any moment, any day. Their third child, a beautiful baby girl, their first girl. So we're super excited for them. And um, so the next time you see us, John will be a father of three, which is pretty cool. So yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. And uh, we always want to hear feedback. If you have particular topics that you want us to talk about, please reach out. Um, you can contact Justin directly, too, and, and uh, we're always looking for interesting guests. It doesn't even have to be legal in nature, so we can just, you know, have conversations about what's top of mind for people and, and give the audience the, the content that they crave and deserve. So that's it for now. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you on the next episode.
0: See you guys next week. One, two, three, four. There's nothing more thrilling than nailing an insurance company. truth you can't handle the truth great moments
1: are born in great opportunity